you are listening to the Pleasant View Baptist Church preaching podcast. We hope today's message will be a blessing to you and your family. Thank you for taking time to listen to our preaching podcast. John chapter number two, and we'll see what God's got for us. And the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there was set there three there was set there six water pots of stone. After the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not what whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doeth set forth good wine. And when men hath well drunk, then that which is, uh, is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. The beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. Lord, I thank you for what you do for us tonight, God. I pray, God, that you would just touch and bless and honor your reading of your word tonight. Lord, I pray, God, that you'd bring back to memory everything that we studied, God. I pray, God, if you want us to be loud tonight, we'll be loud. If you want us to be quiet, we'll be quiet, God. If you want us to sit down, we'll sit down. Whatever you want tonight, God. I pray, God, that we'll just be obedient under your will. And, God, that you would help us tonight, God, and give us what we need in the service. Lord, I pray, God, that you'd help us tonight. Give us, give us encouragement, God. Help us to continue on and to keep on keeping on and to be the servants that you would have us to be. Lord, I thank you for what you do and what you're going to do. If there is one here lost tonight, God, I pray, Lord, that they'll come to know you as their personal Savior. And we'll be careful to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, be a man and a man. You can be seated. Jesus turning the water to wine. Um, I, I, I hope that you know this story. I hope this is not one of the first times that you've ever heard this story, but it is one of the more popular stories in our Bible uh, coming from John and John's perspective of Jesus' first miracle um, during his earthly ministry. John's majestic gospel, it served, this is what someone said about this. I probably should have said that to start out with. Here's what someone said about the gospel of John. John's majestic gospel serves as a magnificent gallery which displays the glory of Jesus as no other literature on earth can. As you enter into chapter 1, John gives convincing evidence of the deity of Jesus and proves him to be the God-man. Jesus is shown in all his majesty and his place in the Godhead. Look what they said about John in chapter number 2. Chapter number 2 gives us two snapshots into the life of Jesus. In verses 1 through 11, he is shown at the wedding. And in verses 12 through 25, Jesus is shown at the house of worship. In the latter scene, Jesus exerted his authority as the Son of God to cleanse the filth um, uh, from his Father's house. God has not changed in that matter of fact. His mind is, um, he has not changed his mind. His house is still to be a house of prayer, praise, and worship. Many people in our day-to-day don't see it like that. Many people in our day-to-day see the opportunities of, uh, of a financial gain in the house of God. They see the, 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 uh, the fleshly advances um, uh, to make your flesh look good and feel good in the house of God. 
this is a place of worship. Um, this here is a place of praise. It's a place of prayer, and that's what it should be. Um, can I say this right here? From the moment we walk in those doors back there until the moment we leave, our focus needs to be on honoring, praising, worshiping, or praying to God. One, or the other, one way or the other is what it should be focused on, not on us. Uh, uh, if anything that you do uh, lifts you up, then maybe you need to back up and punt. It may not be lifting you up. It may not be lifting God up. You may be trying to lift yourself up. So you better be careful on that. Uh, but that's not the scene we're going to look at today. We're going to look at the first 11 verses um, and, and look at and bring our attention tonight to the wedding in Cana. In a little snapshot of Jesus' earthly ministry, he is seen here in all his humanity. Um, um, he is seen as a picture as Jesus who is concerned with and gets involved in the problems of everyday people. Um, uh, um, people, we all are people that have situations that come up in our life. Um, sometimes we do need a God who um, uh, we do need a God who can heal us uh, from a sickness. Um, we do need a God who can um, uh, who can uh, touch our lives in certain ways or in different ways. Um, but sometimes we need a God just to meet a simple need uh, as turning the water to wine. Um, uh, we may need that in our life. This seems something so uh, just so comical um, in its day, um, but uh, um, it was it was a need. You got to understand this: that um, them running out of wine would have been embarrassment to the bride uh, and the bride and their family. It would have been embarrassment to the wedding party uh, to run out of wine. It was an important thing to keep that on hand. Um, and so um, Jesus was just taking something that would embarrass their flesh, um, something that would be an embarrassing moment to them, and he's just taking it and taking care of the need. And can I say that right there? That's just what God will do. Yeah, no matter what your need is tonight, no matter what your burden is tonight, if you'll just bring it to God, God will take care of it. Um, I remember being in youth church, and um, them youngins would ask prayer requests for everything. I'm telling you what, from a sick dog to a sick cat to a dying fish, um, they'd ask you to pray for it. And can I say this right here? If I discourage them as a, as a little kid um, uh, praying for their animal, um, if I discourage that, then I'm not encouraging future praise um, for someone else or prayers for someone else. And so, um, but anyway, just understand God will meet all the needs. Um, but I want to look at this tonight, and I don't know how long I'll be, um, but I want to look at this tonight and see this encounter, the first encounter that Jesus has, and we see his first miracle. On earth, there's a couple of different people that I want to point out in this passage of scripture tonight that I think if we'd look at them, it'll give us a blessing and a help tonight um, as we look at them. Number one, I want to look at the couple. I want to look at the couple. You know, to, to have a wedding, you got to have a couple. You know what I like about this story is you don't have. They, there's nowhere in here that they have to specify that this is between a man and a woman. You don't have to specify what kind of marriage this is. Uh, um, it's already known that a man and a woman is getting married here. Um, they are about to embark on a major milestone in their lifetime. I want to say this right here. A marriage is very important to God. A marriage, I think it's extremely important. I think God places a high importance um, on marriage. And I think we miss the mark so much of how um, we get slack on our, uh, our burden for our marriage. Um, can I say tonight, if we were to go around and make everybody in this room uh, make you say a prayer request tonight, I promise you there, um, there, there, there's three, mar three married couples in here um, tonight or three, three, three people that are associated with a couple tonight. Can I say this right here? We should, 
Um, I guarantee you if I were to go around and make you say a prayer tonight, I wonder just how many of us, the very first thing we would say is pray for our marriage. Um, this couple right here, um, there's a couple that God places the importance. Let me tell you how important marriage is to God. He likens his relationship to the church um, as a marriage. He likens it to a bride and a bridegroom. Marriage is extremely, extremely important to God. And we should know that. So we see the milestone that this couple is about to embark on. This milestone. But not only do we see a milestone, but we see Jesus as Christ and, and that this couple experienced the beginning of miracles. There's miracle. There's a miracle that they got to experience. I just wonder, now I understand that they're, um, and, and the day in which they lived is, is a di- little bit different um, than the way we do weddings. Um, but I can, I can imagine as they're planning out who they were going to invite for the great of their wedding, um, I, I guarantee you when they said we're going to invite Jesus of Nazareth, did they really know who they were inviting? Um, did they truly know who they were inviting? Uh, um, but they, they invited him and they got to witness a miracle. They got to witness a miracle. Not only were they about to meet a milestone, they were about to experience a milestone. Then they, they got, got to experience a miracle. But look right here. The couple invited the miracle maker. They invited the miracle maker. You think about this right here. Can I tell you what couples miss it at? Can I tell you where marriages miss it at? They're not inviting uh, the miracle maker. Um, can I tell you right now, for me and my wife to see 50 years, and I ain't meaning this as a joke, it may come across kind of comical, and I can see where it's coming from. Um, but at the same time, it's going to take a miracle from God for us to see 50 years. Um, I know that can be comical, and we could laugh and joke about that because it's going to be a miracle. She puts up with me for another, uh, how many years would that be? 40, I can't do math, 43 years? Something like that to make our 50-year anniversary? Um, she's going to put up with me for 43 more years, Brother Grady, it'd take a miracle. Um, but can I say this right here, all joking aside, for us to make it 50 years, it's going to take a miracle. Brother Zach and Miss Caitlin, for you to make it to see 50 years of marriage, it's going to take a miracle. Um, Brother Grady, how long have you and your wife been married? 45 years. Can I say this right here? It's going to take a miracle for them to see 50. And I don't mean that, in, I don't mean that bad, Brother Grady. I don't mean But it's going to take a miracle from God. Um, we got to have Jesus in our marriages. That ain't what I'm preaching on tonight, but I think that preached pretty good right there in a couple's meeting. I don't know about that. But anyway, not only do I see the couple tonight, and I ain't trying to belittle the couple, or I ain't trying to not cover the couple as much, but I just want to get somewhere else tonight in the message. I really want to get to point number three. Not only do I see the couple tonight, I see the Christ. We see the couple, but then we see the Christ. Look right here. Jesus took the commonplace and made it extraordinary. Can I say this right here? When they, if they, I'm not saying they filled out wedding invitations and sent them out, Brother Grady. Well, let's just say they did. If they would have filled out Jesus of Nazareth, it wouldn't have been no different when they filled out Mary or when they filled out John or when they filled out Matthew or when they filled out Billy Bob's or when they filled out anybody else's that they invited, he was stuck in with the rest of the invite. But they invited, uh, 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 it was a common invitation that God turned into something extraordinary. And can I say this right here, just a common invite from the Lord, He'll turn it into something extraordinary. Can I say this right now? There's times, and I'm not saying this arrogantly, I'm not telling you what I'm about to say, um, to be arrogant, but there's times where, Brother Grady, I go into a service and I'm like, Lord, you help me pray a lot about this service. You know, I, I, I feel prayed up 
Um, I, f- I feel like I've got to spend a lot of time in prayer, a lot of time in study. I've j- just the way things worked, I feel more prepared for this service. But can I say this right here? There's times where I've not been able to pray as much. And it was just a normal prayer. Just a normal prayer. Just a normal invitation to God. And He show up in a mighty way in one of our services. Um, and, and it, can, I, can I say this right here? I try not to, um, to pray any different from any different service. Um, from last Sunday morning to the Sunday morning before last, I tried to pray with, with, with the same urgency. I tried to, I tried to study with the same anticipation. I, um, and, and, but can I say this tonight? Um, there's times where we just do our normal routine, routine, but God shows up in extraordinary ways. Um, but that's what we saw here. Look right here. His ways in this right here are unconventional. His ways are unconventional. Think about this right here. He is turning water to wine. Now, this passage of Scripture has been up for debate for many years. Jesus, we're not, as Christians, we're not supposed to drink. Well, however ever you look at this, there's one of two ways you can look at this. Number one, the wine that is given here is not fermented wine. That means there's no alcohol in this wine. It's more than likely grape juice. That's where I believe at, Brother Grady, that right here, it's not the wine that we go get from the winery today that's got enough alcohol in it to, um, to, 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 to burn blue. You know, I don't think it's like that. I believe that this right here, this was non-fermented alcohol, or non, I'm sorry, non-fermented wine, and it was more or less like grape juice. Probably a little bit stronger than Welch's. Probably a little bit stronger than Welch's, but it was not going to get anybody drunk. It was not no, no way going to get anybody drunk. That's one viewpoint. The other viewpoint is, is that Jesus literally turned the water into an alcoholic beverage. So let's say you look at it like that and you say, look what Jesus did. He turned the water to wine. Look right there. You can, I can have a wine. I can have a glass of wine because he turned the water to wine. You find me in here where Jesus partook of it. You find me right here where the disciples took of it. You find it. You ain't going to find it because he didn't. So there's your two different viewpoints of this. If he literally turned it to wine, he still didn't take of it. And so if we want to be Christ-like, we've got to be pure like he... Anyway, I ain't going to get too bogged down into that. But there's your little truth about this statement of this thing. But it was an unconditional or an, un, um, an un, uh, um, unconventional um, kind of way of him doing a miracle. And can I say this right here? Um, Jesus won't always run on your track. Um, he will move in your situation. He will. Can I say there's times in our life where we know where we want something to be done in a certain way. I'll give you an example. We had this. We had our Christmas party at work today, and everybody in the whole the, uh, the whole health department decorated Brother Grady their door. For the, they decorated for the patients. If you've never been to the health department during Christmas time, you're missing out because they they go all out on these doors. Well, Peds Peds our Peds department, a pediatric clinic, they made uh, Miss Caitlin a a train that had a train tracks coming out. I mean, I'm telling you what, I, I, I almost took a picture of it. I was thoroughly impressed uh, with the train. I went, if that ain't a winner, somebody's lying. And I went around, I, I ain't part of the voting, you know, but I go around, I'm looking at everybody's doors because I think it's interesting. I don't decorate my doors. Uh, not that I'm a Scrooge or anything. I just, nobody comes see me, so I don't decorate my door. I'm not artistic. I can't come up with something like that. But anyway, um, but anyway, they, they, they went around and done, and done the contest. And today they announced the winners. And I, and I saw every door, Brother Grady, with a non-biased opinion. I didn't have anybody that I wanted to see win. I just, the best door to me was the train. 
And I thought in my mind, there's no way that anybody's going to win this contest besides Pete. Went in there in some other department that I think the interpreters won. And I went, yeah, they done a good door, but there was nothing like the train. In my mind, Brother Grady, I had a mindset of I wanted it to go one way, but it went another. And can I say this right here? We all have our problems and situations. We all know how we want them handled, but God don't always work like that. God don't always work in our ways. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts, saith the Lord. Um, it's not. We, we have a mindset that we want um, uh, to have a million dollars in the bank. I promise you, I hope that's your mindset tonight, to have a million dollars in the bank. But that may not be God's plan for you. But I will say this. Let me give you a promise from God. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor its seed begging bread. That's His plan. That's His plan. But anyway, I thought about this right here. What about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? What if we could go up to heaven, pull Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out of heaven, bring them down here, and put them in an interrogation room? All right? And say, listen, boys, I want to know how you pictured the fiery furnace before the fiery furnace. I want you to know how, how did you picture it in their mind. And I'm pretty sure none of them would have said, we saw ourselves walking in. Uh, to the burning, fiery furnace. We, we, we saw ourselves walking in. I guarantee you they didn't. They thought God will be with us. He'll shut the furnace down. I mean, I'm just putting myself in old Shadrach's shoes. I don't know which one of the three I'd have been, but I put myself in Shadrach's shoes, Brother, uh, Brother Zach, and I, get, I can't help but think that uh, maybe I wanted to um, uh, 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 just say, Lord, uh, um, I'm not going to bow down, but uh, uh, that fiery furnace, I'd like for it not to work that day. Or I'd like for you to come down and, and send a lightning bolt out of heaven and destroy it. Or, or Lord, better did just show up on the scene in a physical form and we'll just take care of it all. But that ain't how it worked. Think about this right here. Had the Lord never showed up in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they would have never known what it was like to see the Christ of the fire. They would have seen Him. They would have known what He was like before the fire. They would have known what He was like after the fire but they would have never known what the Christ was like in the fire. I'll give you a little thought, and I'm not going to preach on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but what's the Bible say how hot the furnace was? When they opened the door, it killed the soldiers that threw them in. I don't know about you, but yesterday, I'll give you the example. Uh, Miss Morgan made another, uh, what was that thing you made a, Butter pecan pound cake. Lord have mercy. If we have another Christmas get together, Brother Grady, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be as big as a house. All right. And she made one, and I went to pull it out of the oven last night. When I opened the door, I thought my eyebrows were singed. I I went, holy cow, brother Zach, how many times you went into a house that's on fire? You but I don't know how it works, but here's here's my Hollywood version of it. You bust the door down, and all of a sudden the heat hits you, and you're going, whoo, that's burning. Your, your initial reaction, Brother Zach, is not to go in. It's to let that heat come out and then go in. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the doors of the furnace open. It kills the guards that are there. Then how did they get in the furnace? Can I tell you why they got in the furnace? They got their eyes on the master. And they said, what's in there is a lot better than what's out here. And they're never, you don't see one moment where they turn their back and look back outside, their, their eyes are on the furnace. But anyway, that won't cost anything. It was unconditional, unconventional. It was unconventional way of meeting the need. Can I say this tonight? God may not do a conventional way of meeting your need. He may do it unconventional. Let me give you another example. 
me and my wife first got married, tithing was something that we didn't know a whole lot about. You know, Mama told me just put 10% in, that's the way you go with it. But Zach, that's as far as I knew, you know? So when we got married, we just started putting our 10% in. You know, we just started giving our tithe. Well, Brother Grady, you know, money, when you first get married, pretty tight. I mean, Lord have mercy, you, you beanie weenies and, and loaf of bread don't go but so far. And I remember one time, one specific time, I remember this, it was getting close and paycheck was on. For, I got paid every two weeks during that time. And I remember that payday was not until Friday, Brother Grady, and I had a 30-minute drive to work every day. 30 minutes there, 30 minutes home. On Wednesday, on the way to work, my gas light come on. And I couldn't even pull up Brother, Brother Zach to the, to the gas station and put a penny in. I didn't have a penny to rub together to be able to do it. And the gas light came on on the way to work. I'm, I'm sorry, on the way home Wednesday, all right? So, so say 15 minutes home on Wednesday. So I've got to make it till Friday. So I come home, I park the truck. I'm either going to make it or not, and we just made up our mindset that we're going to run her out and call somebody to come get us, I guess. So on Thursday, I got up, same time I always do, went to work. Drove 30 minutes there, drove 30 minutes home. Gas light's still on. Never one time cut off. But Zach, I said, here's the deal. We get paid in the morning. The money will go in the bank at midnight, and we'll be all right. But I still got to drive to the gas station. So I drove. 15 minutes home, an hour the next day, and then another 15 minutes to the gas station the next day. In my mind, I wish he'd have just put $100 in the bank account. We wouldn't have to worry about it. But what he done is he took a gallon of gas and made it go further, Brother Grady. And that's how the Lord works. He works in uncondition, unconventional way. It's unconventional the way he works sometimes. We got to get our mind out of what we think the problem needs to be fit. Can I say this right here? And this is just as real as I can get with you tonight, church. I, didn't, I wasn't planning on putting this much time. I got to get to my point. I wasn't planning on spending this much time on this one point. In my mind, Brother Grady, on Sunday morning, uh, every pew be full of people. That's what I want. You, you know, that's, that's, where, that's where my mindset is. I want to see us on Sunday morning have to swing open that extra seating back there just for enough room back there to have people to sit down. That's what I want. I want 40 people to join the church the first Sunday in January. But that may not be what God wants. We got to think God does not work in conditional ways. There's no condition that we think up that He works in. Can I say this right here? We just got to be faithful and to see what He does. Look right here. He answered the call unconditional or unconventional. But look right here. Not only was it unconventional, but it was uncommon. Look at verse number 10. And saith unto him, Every man at the beginning of doeth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. Look right here. The governor of the feast is surprised at the quality of the new wine. Look right here. This family, understand this right here. Brother Zach, you can answer this. You've been, you've been the newly, you're the newlywed. I'm sure you wanted that day for Miss Caitlin to be over the top. The best of the best. I wanted it too. I didn't want to have anything to do with planning it though. I got an amen back there. That's, that's the most I've ever seen him amen me right then. Over that right there. I didn't want to have anything to do with planning it. I, I didn't. I, I could, I, I, it's not that I didn't care. I just, you know what? I wanted to stand up here, Brother Zach. A lot thinner back in, if you understand. I wanted to stand right here. When she opened them doors, I wanted her jaw to hit the floor. How good I looked. That's all I cared about. 
That's it. That's all I cared about. But can I say this right here? She had a different mindset. She wanted it to be over the top and important. So I think about this couple here. Do you think that bride was want, did, not, did want, not want her wedding party to have the very best wine? They wanted her, she wanted the wedding party and the people that come to her wedding to have the very best. Jesus showed up with this water to wine and it was over the top. It was even better. Many, many may question what is called why they're suffering then there's no good answer. And why people have to go through things or why we have to have these burdens. But can I say this right here? God is willing to answer it in an uncommon way. What about the blind man there in John 9? When Jesus took the clay and fixed his eyes, I'm sure that was not a common way of healing blindness. Um, um, but God, that's the way God done it. Not only was it unconventional, it was uncommon, but right here it was even unbelievable. The governor didn't even know how it happened. But the servants did it. The Bible said right there, the servants knew. When you have carried the water and you felt the weight of the water, God moves in and changes it from ordinary, common event into something that proves to be a blessing in your life over the top more than you could ever imagine. More than you. Nobody in this world may understand what you're going through, but Jesus does. And when He moves in His time for your problem, all you need to do is be willing to catch the blessing. Be willing to see what He can do. All right, I preached all night to get right here. I see the couple. I see the Christ. But now for desperation and for alliteration, I see the casual servants. There was just some casual servants that showed up to a wedding. These servants that showed up is where the real message is in all this, Brother Grady. The real message in this story, yes, it's about Christ. I 100% agree with that. But can I say this right here? I think God is trying to show us something through these servants and some of the things that they've done. And I want to show you a few things about these servants that in this pastor's script. This is my message tonight. Y'all ready? Here real quickly. Look at these servants. Number one tonight, these servants never retreated. They, ne they never retreated. You think about there, there was a problem that, call, that came about. There was no wine. There was no wine. Mary, the mother of Jesus, she comes to Jesus and says, uh, he, uh, she says, and when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, they have no wine. She was very blunt with her prayer. If you want to look at it like that, that's Mary's first prayer of the Bible as well. Or second prayer, she, she probably prayed before he got here. But you don't understand, during his earthly ministry, it's his first, her first prayer, and she says they have no wine. And then she, he said, woman, what, what hath I to do with thee? Mine hour's not yet come. His mother saith unto the servant, at this point, Mama has done spoken. And Mama has trumped Jesus. Could you imagine trumping Jesus? Could you imagine that? But Mama spoke right here, trumped Jesus right here. And, and she, uh, she tells the servants, whatsoever he saith, just do it. Just do it. Whatever he says, just do it. Can I say this right here? For us that want to be servants, that's pretty good preaching right there. Whatever he says, just do it. Whatever he, whatever the Master says, uh, just do it. Look right here. I'm going, to give you, I'm going to give you this. I promise I'm trying to hurry. The servants went to work. They never retreated. Can I say this right here? I'm sure there was probably some at the wedding that saw the problem and said, I ain't going to have nothing to do with that. They saw the problem and said, look right here. Look, I'm going to watch that, that, that bride's family fall flat on their face. They're probably anticipating uh, uh, the demise of the marriage. 
We're going to ruin that bride's day. Look right here. I don't want nothing to do with that because I, 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 that's, there is a crowd out there that does that. And can I say this right here? You better not be naive to think that there's not somebody out there that wants you to fail. That wants you to fail. There's people out there that want you to fall. There's people out there that want you to trip on and fall on your face. And can I say that there was a crowd there that was, but then there was some casual servants. They were some casual servants that just got to work. They never retreated. When she looked at those servants that day, I could imagine, you got to understand, Mama Bear has done stepped on the game, all right? And she's probably on the, on the verge of panic. I see a need, I'm going to fix it. Can I tell you that's something a good mama does? I see a need, I'm going to do it. I told Morgan coming home. I was, I was, I was leaving work. And she said, what, how'd you say it? I'm running around, something like that. And I said, I said, that's what you like to do. Just run. She said, but there ain't but one way to be. Got to run around crazy. You got to get it done. That's how a mama thinks. That's how a good mama would think at least. A mama thinks if the job is there, it's got to get done. Youngins need a bath, I'm going to give them a bath. Men, we're all guilty of it. I'm going to give them a bath, but I'm going to give them a bath in my time. I'm just being real with you. That's what happens. But anyway, Mama Bear done stepped in and said, listen, boys. Right here, my son, I've done seen what he can do. Y'all going to get this in a minute. I've done seen what he can do. Whatever he says, just do it. And I can imagine, here's the conversation with Jesus. I'm thinking of a mama because a mama always looks up to her son, right? And she's looking up at him. Looking up at him. And he says, he says, woman, I promise you, if I'd have, only God can call his mama woman. If I'd have called my mama woman, I'd have turned, my jaw would have been turned so fast. Um, I, I wouldn't have known how to think twice. But he said, woman, what hath I to do with thee? My hour's not yet come. He said, it's not time yet. But she said, okay. And she went back over here to servants and said, listen, boys, whatever he says, just do it. Whatever he says, just do it. Can I say what these servants done? They didn't go, I, I'm scared of him. I ain't doing it. They didn't say, that's a big task. I don't want nothing to do with it. They never retreated. From the moment she says, do what he says, do what he tasks you to do, not one time do you see them take a step back. They're head down, ready to do the work from the very beginning. And can I say that's what God wants us to do? Don't retreat. Have no retreat. Don't back down. Don't step back. No retreat. Ready to go. And they never retreat. Look right here. I want to give you something else. Not only was that, did they never retreat. Look right here. They left no reserve. They never retreated and they left no reserve. Look right here. The water pots were made of stone. The water pots were made of stone. Can I say this right here? I don't know how heavy them, them, them uh, pots were, but they're made of stone. They're probably pretty heavy. There's probably a thickness to them, and I'm going to give you the size of them here in just a moment. But they were, first of all, look at the material. They're made of stone. That means they're solid, probably not easy to move. And it wasn't like during that day they could say, if I were to say, hey, Colt, go get me a cup of water. He ran over and get me a cup of water from a faucet. Brother Gray, they didn't roll them stones over there to that faucet they picked up at Lowe's Hardware and stuck on the side of the building. You know, they didn't do that. They didn't even walk out to the well and turn the faucet on at the well. They probably had to go to a creek somewhere or they probably had to go to like Jacob's well and run it. it there was a major task that had to happen. This is a major, major, major undertaking. But can I say this right here? They left no reserve. What's the Bible say that they done? Look at verse number 7. 
Jesus said unto them, fill the water pots with water. Just start filling with water. So what they do? They started filling with water. The very next line, there's a period right there. That means there's a change in thought. Then there's a, there's a conjunction. Now, if I were to start a sentence with and, my wife would probably get on to me. She probably would change my text message. But look, the Bible does it, so I think I should be able to. But look right here, it says, and they filled them up to the brim. Can I say that right there? They didn't just fill them halfway up. They didn't just go three quarters of the way up. They filled it to the brim. And can I tell you what we need to do tonight, church? No matter what it is that we do for the Lord, we need to fill it to the brim. Can I say it? When you get in the choir on Sunday morning, don't just sing half-hearted. Don't just sing uh, just, just, just mediocre. You need to fill it to the brim and sing with everything that you got. Now, if, if, if Miss April was here, I'd tell her. If you're going to play the piano on Sunday, don't just halfway play it. Don't three-quarters of the way play it. Fill it to the brim and play it to the very best that you can do. I say this right here, and it's coming up summer. Um, we're going to have to have some help mowing the yard around here. There's a lot of mowing if y'all ain't looking around. It takes a long time to have one mower out here mowing. But can I tell you right here, when we're striping this yard out here, we shouldn't just stripe it to be striping it. We should stripe it to the very best of our ability. We should be weed eating as we're weed eating. We're not thinking just getting by. We're thinking about how's it going to look for the next person that comes by. We need to fill it to the brim. Brother Zach, when you run to the sound back there, fill it to the brim. Don't just go half hard into it. Fill it to the brim. When you check in the nursery or check in the, I'm talking about the food thing out yonder, fill it to the brim. When you're teaching Sunday school class, fill it to the brim. Don't just go half-hearted. Go all the way, and we'll see what God can do for it. Look right here. They didn't fill it to the brim. Look right here. They were heavy. Look what the Bible says. Let me find it because I lost there. Verse number 6. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying the Jews, containing two to three firkins apiece. I don't know about y'all, but firkins ain't a normal, a normal unit of measure that I could just come up with. All right, so I do some digging and some research and figure out what that is. So a firkin refers to 22 gallons of liquid. 22 gallons. So here's my reesology here. You ready for this? Two to three firkins, all right? If they filled it to the brim, it's closer to the three firkins, all right? And so 22 times three. 22, that'd be 44, then 66. Am I right on that? Everybody good on the math on that? 66 gallons per water pot. There's six water pots. All right? So, and they're made out of stone. That's probably not light. That's probably not the lightest thing you've ever seen in your life. They're probably pretty heavy. Well, if you take water, weighs about eight pounds per gallon. Brother Zach, how heavy is a truck when it's full of water? It's, got, it's pretty heavy, ain't it? Eight gallons of water, all right? One firkin, I'm, tar, I'm sorry, three firkins of liquid per one water pot would weigh somewhere around 528 pounds of just liquid. That's just the water that is inside of the water pot plus the weight of the water pot. We never see Jesus leave the marriage. We never see Jesus leave where the wedding was taking place at. So somehow, they filled it to the brim. Has anybody ever tried to carry a full cup of water somewhere and keep it full when you got there? Growing up, we used to have to take water to the horses. 
Brother Grady, the horses was about a mile from a house. Daddy had these big 55-gallon drums that we'd set in the back of an old Chevrolet Blazer. And he cut them to where we could put water in them. Brother Grady, I can remember growing up many years in the cold winters, sitting there holding that barrel still, every little bump. A little bit splashing here and there. A little bit splashing out. I remember a story of my grandpa. I'll tell you this. He was sitting on the front pew at Welcome Valley one time. Brother Grady had a cup of water. That's when he got on up in age. He started shaking. And when he started shaking, the water started splashing. But the water never left the cup. It stayed in the cup. Never spilled a drop of it. Can I say this right here? There was a miracle that took place right there. They carried these stones that weighed 500, at least 530 pounds. At least, probably closer to 600 pounds would be my guess, if not 700 pounds of, of, uh, of, of total weight, carrying these things up. And Brother Grady, when they got back to the wedding, it was still filled to the brim. They filled it to the brim, and it was still overflowing when they made it to the wedding. And can I say this right here? If you'll just put forth the effort, You'll just put forth the effort. God will give the increase. Can I say this right here? If you'll put forth the effort, God will make sure there's none wasted on the ground. Can I say this right here? Don't get weary in well-doing, because in due season you shall reap if you faint not. That's, about, that's Galatians 6, 9. If you'll faint not. Look right here. They, 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 they never retreated. They left no reserve. But look right here. They had no regrets. And I say this right here, when they've seen the wedding party satisfied, the aches and pains that it took to carry them heavy water pots up a hill or however far they had to carry them, I'm sure that all that pain went away when they saw how happy it was. And can I say this right here? You may not see your reward on this side of glory, but your faithfulness or whatever you're doing to serve God, I promise you, it don't fall on deaf ears. And it don't, it don't go unseen. God, sees everything. And can I say this right here? I just imagine one day in heaven, what if some person comes up to you and says, hey, listen, you don't know who I am, but you left a Bible track one day in my hand. I was serving you your food one night at the restaurant, and you left a Bible track in my hand. I read that Bible track, and you know I called on the Lord to save me, and he saved me. You may not know who it is, but because of your faithfulness, you saw what God can do. And you see, they, I guarantee you, when they saw the results of the water being turned to wine, they had no regrets. When they saw the outcome, they now say this right here, you may not be able to see the outcome right now. But one day, they, we, we will. Don't not get, the Bible says, don't get, get weary in well-doing. I'm not going to quote exactly. Don't get weary in well-doing. Because in due season, you shall reap if you faint not. Stay in it. Don't give up. Keep fighting and you'll see what God will do.